All right, good morning, Axis Church. How we doing? Happy 4th of July weekend. I see some good uh, red, white, and blue out there, so it's a good weekend to gather together. Uh, hey, we are diving back into our conversation today on things that Jesus never said. And so today's a special day because I'm going to get to have a conversation here in just a minute with uh, my good friend Jonathan Sams, and uh, we're going to talk uh, some about his story. He's going to share some of his story with you guys today and how that relates to today's topic. But uh, just let me kind of set the stage here before we get into that. Um, so we are, uh, we've, been, we've been talking about these different things, right, that Jesus didn't say, um, that we've heard a lot. And potentially it's kind of things that have circulated sort of within uh, the Christian world or maybe something that you've thought that was actually in the Bible that isn't in the Bible or maybe a, a misconception or sort of a misapplication of something within Scripture. So uh, today's phrase is, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this at some point, you've heard somebody say, God never gives you more than you can handle. And even as I say that, some of you are thinking, wait a minute, but I, I thought it did say that in there. Like there's, there's that scripture and uh, uh, not exactly, right? So uh, one of the scriptures I think that sometimes gets confused about that scripture or sort of gets misapplied is this idea that Jesus will never, God will never give us uh, a temptation that he doesn't also provide us a way out. And so uh, we've sort of taken that to mean that we'll never be in this season or never be in a situation where uh, it's beyond our capacity to actually take on that situation. And some of you have learned through experience that there is a whole lot in your life that that's more than you can handle, uh, especially on your own power. And so what did Jesus actually say? Well, Jesus actually said, um, if, you, if you read in John, uh, he said, I have told you these things, and this is when he's getting ready to go uh, to the cross um, and, and take on his own suffering uh, for our sake. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And then he specifically says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so Jesus' message is different. It's not, hey, you're not going to have trouble. You're not going to be faced with hardships. But in fact, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Uh, just to kind of set the stage for the conversation today, one of the scriptures that really um, I feel like we hear a lot and uh, is the scripture, uh, and it's often written on, you know, football players' faces, things like that, and it's the scripture that comes from Philippians 4, Philippians 4.13 in particular, that says, I can do all things. It stops right there, right? I can do all things. No, it doesn't stop there, but that's often where in our minds we uh, we think that we have the capacity, the capability to do all things, right? If I just strive enough, if I just work hard enough, if I just have enough willpower, I can do all things. But there's another part of that scripture. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And so today, as we kind of talk about debunking that concept of God never giving us more than we can handle, um, it's often when we're in situations that are more than we can handle and beyond our capacity to control uh, that we really see God at work the most. And so we're going we're gonna to share a little bit about that. Um, and I would just, as, as uh, we get ready to have that conversation, would you welcome uh, Jonathan Sams to the stage? And uh, he's going to join me up here. Hello, Jonathan. Hey, Josh. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on the Josh Romano Show. Yeah, absolutely. My dad actually told me not to quit my day job. He says I don't make a good <laughs> Oprah. So I, I, I would have to agree with that. But hey, I can do one cool trick. And uh, that is like, if you ever ha wish you had like a superpower where you could just like transport somewhere, like just like, like in the, like, a, you know, snap. 
How about that? Like that's, that's a pretty good trick. I mean, that's a pretty good destination, right? So uh, I thought it'd be a little bit nicer setting for our conversation today. And uh, they're not going to pay attention to us. They're going to watch the fire. And that's go right. They're but. like, man, I wish I was there. You know, well, we are. Just pretend that you're there. This is our setting for a conversation. And and it's really just that we're going to have a conversation as we've had so many times before. And just to give you a little background about our our friendship, our relationship, Jonathan, for the last 13, 14 years now, we've been on a journey together and uh, doing life together planting a church together and uh, and seeing all that God has and been through a lot of ups and downs and challenges. You've you've had your your challenges. I've had mine. Um, and uh, we, we've had kids. You've had kids. I've watched your kids grow up, which is just insane to me how big some of those guys are that I was like in preschool class with. And uh, it's, it's wild to see, you know, all that kind of happens over those years. But um, one of the things that, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today is because um, on the show. Now, now I'm like speaking as if we're on a, I wanted to have you on today, right? Uh, wow. Um, is because of just really that connection, that friendship. And um, one of the things that I said first hour that, and you, I'm sure you're aware of this. I've never explicitly said it in such straightforward terms, but uh, you've really been like a spiritual older brother to me. And uh, so many times when, uh, whether I was just explicitly asking or not, uh, you've had the ability to just speak wisdom into my life. And so um, I thought, you know, today would be a good opportunity to share some of your experience. And Speak, speaking yeah. to that, and, and you know, yeah. I've, never, I've never said this to you either. You know, I'll watch you, right? And so, and so you're a great minister to, to me and my family as, as well. Um, sometimes you'll get caught up in the moment of the thing, the small thing that's going on, and, and in your own life miss the big picture of it, Josh. Um, and so the thing that I really want to feed into you always is, is, is that I have very high confidence in you. I, I respect you. I want you to have that same respect of, your, of yourself. Have courage. Um, you know, you are a warrior. Don't, don't have doubt. Don't worry about doubt. There's no time for doubt, right? Just hit it, and you've got it. You ha- you're a guy who really does have it. And so when you hear me give, say things to you, in the back of my mind is, you know, this, this is a guy who who has it, who, who's worth investing in, and, uh, and, and just needs the courage of the moment. I appreciate that. And uh, that, once again, you know, whether it's a text message or just an honest conversation, just your, your genuine ability just to speak in, I appreciate that, and I, I, uh, I'll receive that. So appreciate that. Uh, well, let's just kind of jump in today into the conversation, and um, I, I really, we've already kind of had s- some of this conversation, you know, in, in other settings on the phone and just chatting, and so I just want that to kind of feel like what we do here, you know, and, and it's just you and I talking, and these guys can eavesdrop on the conversation. So just tell us a little bit about, for those that don't know you as well, some of your journey. What uh, Tell us about, you know, because cancer, this this most recent kind of battle with cancer isn't where cancer started. Where did, where did the battle with cancer for you start? Yeah, briefly. I mean, we could spend a long time on this, but briefly, I've had cancer four times, four different kinds of cancer. The first time I had cancer, I actually got it when I was 12. I wasn't diagnosed until I was 14. Um, that was not nodosclerosing Hodgkin's disease. That's the most common kind of Hodgkin's disease. I was in stage three. Uh, my prognosis was poor because we'd gone two years without diagnostics. Um, primary tumor was right here underneath my left jaw. It was 13 centimeters by 9 centimeters by 6 centimeters. So big tumor. Um, I went through a year of treatment with that. They removed my spleen, my appendix, and, and uh, had tumors above and below my diaphragm. And... Uh, at the end of that year, I did surgery, radiation, 
and uh, and uh, chemotherapy through that. In those days, they didn't have the same kind of kind of uh, anti-nausea medicines or anything like that. There are no CT scans; they had to cut you open in order to find out what stage you were in and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, and uh, at the end of that year, uh, they said I was in remission. And then for the next many years, I just lived life. The second time I was diagnosed with cancer, different kind of cancer, still Hodgkin's disease, but it was nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin's disease. I was 39 right after my redhead Sophia was born. And um, so I had three young children at the time. Um, went through treatment from that, went in remission in November of 2006, um, and then recurred in January of 2007. And, uh, and I still have that cancer today. Um, the third time I had cancer was Burkitt's lymphoma and aggressive B-cell lymphoma. Um, and that was last year it was diagnosed. So I went through a year of treatment uh, with that. And uh, I'd go into the hospital for five-day stints where they could monitor me while they were giving me chemotherapy. And then uh, this year I was feeling fatigued, couldn't run. I was trying to recover, regain my strength from last year. I asked for a CT scan early. They gave me the CT scan. And, uh, and pancreatic cancer. So uh, Burkitt's lymphoma was stage four. They really don't stage the pancreatic cancer. It's just operable or inoperable. So, so each of those times, I mean, obviously it's a different, a different story. You know, you're seeing victories, but you're also, you know, seeing these reoccurrences. What's kind of, you know, what's your headspace during these things? Like what, you know, kind of let us into kind of your mind and some of the emotions that come along with that. So, I mean, those really aren't uh, recurrences. Recurrences would be the same cancer okay. coming back, right? And so uh, these are just new cancers mm -hmm. that happen. So I beat Hodgkin's disease, and then I beat the second kind of Hodgkin's disease. And then as far as we know right now, I've beat Burkitt's lymphoma, but I'm still in that window where they're, where they're checking to see if that recurs. I really didn't beat the second one either. You know, I still have it. It's just, you know, we keep it at bay. Um, and uh, and uh, and now um, pancreatic cancer, um, headspace. So so um, you know you have you have different things that you think about. Number number one, you have to, you have you have to think about this physical side of things, where you have to take care of yourself. You have to move towards recovery. Just relating to cancer, you guys need to know that cancer is a game of percentages, right? Um, and uh, when I say that, you know, you say, what are my chances, Doc? Well, statistically, statistics don't matter. Honestly, statistics do not matter. The only thing that matters, cancer is light switch on, light switch off, right? You survive, you don't survive. That's just the way it is. Um, and, uh, and so what you do is, you know, you can't compare your, you know, I can't compare myself to an 80-year-old man who gets, who gets the same thing, not the same, uh, or someone who is obese, or an 80-year-old who is obese, and yet we both go into the same mm -hmm. statistical pool right? Truth is, is, my chances are much better. I'm going to handle chemotherapy better. I'm in better health condition, right? And so, and so, um, you know, don't, don't take the statistics seriously as far as what the overall odds are, but you should do things to improve your own odds. Mm -hmm. You know, what is your support system? Who are the people around you? What, what's, what's, what's the prayer life that's going on around you? Where are you spiritually? What are you doing in order to improve your own health? You know, um, uh, there's a book called uh, Heal While You're Cured, right? <laughs> so you need to heal yourself yeah. while you're also cured of this other, uh, uh, these other things. 
And so just practical physical advice. So you get this physical side that you're taking a look at. But then you have this side, you have this side where you're, you're, you're taking care of your family, right? You need to think about your family, make sure their future is taken care of, you know, you're concerned for them. And uh, you have to take care of, uh, of that. And then you have the spiritual side where you need to, where you need to uh, take care of yourself spiritually and then use this as an opportunity to uh, magnify and glorify God and to love other people to, to be a good example. So that's kind of where my space is on it. Yeah. But, I, but I, never, I never say, oh, why me, yeah. you know, or anything like that. I'm always very optimistic about these things, you know. And so, and I never worry about why. I just, you know, everything's an opportunity, right? So this is an opportunity too. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's certainly what we see as we encounter you too. So I feel like, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, people need to, to see when they see you is they, you know, it's the same, you know, the same. And it's been consistent for me throughout conversations I've had with you where you're saying something on the outside, but you're actually, you believe that, you know, when you say, hey, let's not worry about the statistics, like, you know, this is actually your headspace. You know, you're, you're not focused on that. Now, you know, a lot of what you spoke about, you talked about some of the things that are in your control to do. And that is, part of it is your attitude, right? Your mindset about things and, um, and controlling that headspace. Not letting things like the statistics or say, why me? Or ask those questions. Um, you know, there's a lot of aspects of this that are not within your control. And so what do you do with those things? The things that, you know, you can control that. You can control your attitude, your mentality. Um, you can control, you know, your, your health, and absolutely, let's control the things that we can control, is what you're saying. Uh, what about the things that are, are kind of beyond your control or outside of your control, or, or as you said to me, um, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll address that. So, so look, um, I'm not afraid of dying one way or the other. I have zero fear of dying, zero. Um, I've lived a good life, you know, I've been very blessed and, and, uh, and, you know, I'll be happy on the day that I die. Not like joyful, hey, I'm dying, but just because every day I'm joyful, right? Um, uh, uh, so whether I live or die, that's not my choice at all. I have, you know, I can, I can do things, but ultimately that's in God's hands, right? So um, uh, I say that one's beyond my pay grade, right? Somebody, somebody else makes that decision, right? My job is, is what do I do with the life that I'm giving? How do I utilize that, right? That's the, what I get to choose. That, those, those are the things I get to address. Yeah. So let me tap into that just a little bit because, you know, one of the things I think, the, one of the mentalities that I think we have if we're not careful is, you know, you see a lot of this, and it's easy like in a, a world where there's all this social media, all this information. We get, to, we get a front row seat into everybody's life, but we really only get the, the good stuff, the stuff that they put in front of us, you know, the, the happy moments, the... Nobody posts their hardest moments and say, hey, look at me today. I'm having the worst day of my life, you know. Um, but we, we kind of use this hashtag a lot that's just like, you know, hashtag blessed. But usually that's when you're like on a family vacation or you just got a promotion or everything just kind of fell your way. And you're like blessed, you know, or, or you got all the green lights on the way here or whatever it might be. But and, and we know we do this, right? We're like, well, I'm blessed. I mean, I'm either blessed or I'm not blessed, you know, and not blessed. You know, so some might look at, you know, much of your most recent story and specifically the last, you know, those, some of the harder days here recently where you were losing, you know, you lost like 40 pounds in lost 40 days. Lost 40 pounds in 40 days. Yeah, so, dropped 146 pounds. And so how, how, you know, but, but you've told me during those same time, I'm blessed. And, and I know you mean it. So tell me, you know, how do you get to that place where you just see, just life is a blessing and you see this, this current season is just as so much as a blessing as, 
you know, the moments where, you know, the, the, it's, it's, all, it's all roses, as if that kind of moment ever occurs, right, where it's just all good. But uh, you, you get what I'm saying? So what? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So, 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 I mean, I am blessed, right? I'm really, really blessed. So first of all, you know, I got my family back there. You know, I mean, how ridiculously blessed am I from, from that? And I've had friends who've been praying for me, and I have, a, and I have uh, people who've come and prayed with their hands and feet at my farm, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've done it by painting fences yeah. and working on my barn and, and uh, doing landscaping and during times when I couldn't, right? We had friends who've come over and gotten into our gotten into our corral and helped us move cattle around and and uh, everything that goes along with that. And so and you know I mean we have a great God that we get to worship and we have great Christian friends around us. So I'm stupidly blessed to tell you the truth. And uh, and then on top of that, um, you know this is this is an opportunity too. And so you know people think that. So, people, like you said, people always say, you know, I'm blessed because of all these good things going on, on, on in my life. You know, um, we're blessed by every opportunity in life. So, everything is, 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 is an opportunity. And so, um, when God gives me cancer, then, um, then that's an opportunity to be who I am and do what I do better, right? I'm better through adversity, frankly. Than, than I am without adversity. And Give us a couple of examples of that, like just examples of ways that, you know, kind of in the middle of the storm or, or, or what, what have you, that you've tried to, you know, many of us have seen kind of the, you know, the, the walk that you did and things like that, but what are some of the, the opportunities that you've seized upon in this? Yeah, so first of all, uh, people are not uh, instinctual animals, right? We do nothing by instinct, right? Not like dogs, cats whatever. Um, uh, we are intellectual creatures, and so we learn by example. We don't know how to face adversity until we see uh, an example, and if all the examples we see around us are bad, where people always grovel in their misery and say, woe is me, and, and, uh, and struggle, they go through depression, um, then they'll think that's the proper way to do it. And they will also do exactly that same thing. But this is an opportunity for me to um, provide a different example. So, yeah, I mean, things can be hard, you know. Just because it's a challenge does not mean that it's not a blessing also, right? So for me, it's like being a sophomore in high school and uh, the varsity coach saying, hey, Sams, we're putting you on the football field. Go play. This is going to be hard, right? I'm a sophomore, you know. I, 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 um, this is going to be a challenge, right? But doggone it, I'm on the field, and I'm going to put my heart into it, and I'm going to play my best, you know. What, what better opportunity can, can you have? And so, you know, I just pray that I'm able to use these opportunities and be an example. Yeah. Uh, well, and, it, it, you know, over and over again we see, like, throughout the scriptures, that, that those are the times when, you know, stories are really being lived out is when somebody's pushed outside of their comfort zone. So in complete opposition of this idea of God never gives us more than we can handle, it's the moments where we're in these moments where it's more than we can handle. You see the Apostle Paul, you see Joseph. I mean, really every single story in Scripture is a story of struggle. And one of the things that you said is, you know, we're born for the struggle. I mean, which the Scripture would really, so talk a little bit about that, the idea of kind of being, yeah. because I think that shifts our perspective. To think so, that way. so, uh, so 
<laughs> there, there is no story that goes, there is no story that causes change in our life that goes like this. The hero was born, and the hero lived a life of comfort and ease. And as a result of that, he learned a lot, and people's lives were changed. He accomplished a lot of great things, and then he passed, and people remembered him. That's not the way the stories go, ever. The stories always go, the hero was born, and he had a lot to live for, and then he faced a serious challenge, and he doubted himself, but he stood, and he had courage in his heart. But he stood, and he faced that, and he overcame that, right? And as a result, he changed, and the people around him changed, and he accomplished great things. That's so good. So um, I, there are moments, right, in our lives when, you know, in moments specifically with cancer, when we're called to fight, and most recently, so tell us a little bit about kind of the most recent, you know, cancer diagnosis number four, and really even the last, what, six months ago, um, and then one of the lessons that kind of came out of that um, about relenting. Yeah. So... Um third time with cancer. Right now I'm fourth term with cancer. It's time before Burkitt's lymphoma. You guys traveled that road with me a, a lot of the way. Um, you know, I would go into the hospital, like I said before. I'd be in there for five days at a time. I'd be in positive pressure rooms, some very aggressive uh, lymphoma. And, uh, and uh, while I was there, I said, you know, this is really a good opportunity. It's an opportunity for me to show um, one of the things that frustrate me uh, about people sometimes is that we paint ourselves into circles of incapacity, and the walls that we paint around ourselves are not real. So um, those of you uh, who are old enough or young enough to watch reruns of WKRC in Cincinnati, character Les Nessman, he had an office where he would put tape on the floor. And those were the walls of his office. And you actually had to knock on his face door to come in, right? So we paint ourselves into these fake boxes, right? And says what we say to ourselves, well, I can't accomplish something. I'm not smart enough, or I'm not good enough looking, or I don't have the right background to accomplish it. Um, or there are external factors out there that are holding me in. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, those external factors may exist, right? Um, all those factors you worry about may exist. But you know the truth? I've never actually seen anyone run into one of those external factors. They're so afraid that they may run into one, or maybe they just use it as, as an excuse that they, uh, that they never actually reach out and try to accomplish anything, right? And so I thought Burkitt's lymphoma was a really good opportunity for me to show people that, uh, hey, look, you are made in God's own divine image. You are a person of purpose. You are a person of value. I believe in you, and I think you have things to accomplish. And I think you will accomplish those things. Don't be afraid of any external factor, right? God's going to see, see you through. God puts you in that circumstance so that you can impact the world. That's why you are here. That's why you're doing what, what, what you're doing. So don't hold yourself back. Run toward it. And so I, so I did things like, uh, you know, I walked 10 miles, and then I walked a half marathon, and then finally my last treatment. You got to keep in mind, while I'm, take, I'm taking that chemotherapy, that, uh, you know, I'm having side effects. My, my blood cells, my red blood cells, white blood cells, my hemoglobin are, is dropping. So my body's ability to carry oxygen to my muscles is depleted. And so I have less than half my normal hemoglobin. 
Um, and so, um, you know, if you measure that going up Mount Everest, you know, same oxygen levels, it's like my, my, last, my last time in the hospital, I walked a full marathon, 26.2 miles while pulling my chemotherapy. So it's like walking halfway up Mount Everest while, while, while taking chemotherapy, right? And so, but I wanted to show people, you know, you, you're going to have adversity and you're going to have difficulties, but you, you can overcome that. Um, and I still stand by that message, and it's an important message, and, and, and it's a true message. Right. At the same time, I also knew, Josh, that I was not getting this right because I was being too much of the hero going through this, right? Um, and it's not about me. And I didn't know how to balance those things to be a good example to show that you were strong, to show that you could accomplish things, and at the same time, um, and at the same time, not make it about me, right? And so I was always trying to trying to hit that balance. I wasn't getting it right. In March of this year, I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. They had asked me if I had lost any weight. I said, no. Um, and then over the next week, I lost seven pounds, seven, seven pounds, seven days. I was fighting against it too because I didn't want to see that happen. And, uh, and then I got acute pancreatitis. And on over 40 days, I lost 40 pounds, dropped 146 pounds. I was so weak that I couldn't stand up while I was brushing my teeth. I had to sit in a chair and lean over a sink, brush my teeth that way. I couldn't do anything. Um, I was communicating less and less um, while I was doing it, not because people were worried I was depressed or something. I'm never depressed, honestly. Um, uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, I, had, I made a decision to cocoon within myself in order to preserve as much energy as, as I could. And, uh, and um, I was also thinking through that time period because you have a lot of opportunity to think when you can't do anything else. Um, I was thinking, okay, this time I have a chance to do better. This time I have a chance to get it right, right? Um, yeah, because now I'm so weak that I can't be the hero, right? I can't, you know, be the example. And so... Um, you know, I am expected to fight. I am expected to move this thing forward always. But God is the real warrior, right? God is the real one who, who, uh, who wins victories, not me. And so I just had, had to relent and let God move forward. And this is my opportunity to once again express that. So how do you tap into that then? Because, you know, here you've described for us, you've given us a picture of you you know, it, what could be described from, from, from a physical standpoint is like at your weakest, yet you're still strong. And the Bible talks about this, when I'm weak, I'm strong. So what does it look like to actually tap into that strength? What does relenting look like? Because, I, you know, it, it's while you describe like it's, it's letting go, what, there's some things you're actively doing in, in this time as well. Um, what, what, what does relenting look like? How can we relent? Um, and, and how do we know when to relent and when to, when to fight? Okay, so there's actually two or three different questions involved, involved in that. So first of all, when I am weak, he is strong, right? Um, and so, um, you know, once again, it's, it's, it's not about me. This is, this is the opportunity for me to, to uh, glorify God. And, uh, and so, like I was saying before, no great story is, is told um, through a life, life of ease and comfort. Great stories are told through, op for, through stories of, of struggle. And so this is an opportunity. And it's an opportunity to say, look, 
you know, no matter what we're going through, God is going to be there, and God is God is going to 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 use this experience if you don't get in the way in order to help other people and in order to glorify God and to bring people to God. And that's my prayer. And you know, it's the opportunity I have while I'm sitting on stage with you is is to say that God is strong and God demonstrates. You know, when we're when, when we're strong, we take the credit. Oh yeah, sure. I, I accomplished that because I'm taking the credit on it, right? Um, but uh, but when we're weak, well, then he gets to show who he is, you know, and we need to get out of the way on that. And I think, because I know you, I know that prayer is a big part of that, but also, you know, I think some of us, we kind of get in our own way, and you've talked about this, like, one of the things we do when we're relenting is we, we ask for help. So how has that played in, and is, is that easy for you to do, to ask for help? Um, because I know for a lot of us, it's not easy to do. Yeah, so, so um, I don't like being the subject of people's prayers. I don't, I mean, I do, I, I'm grateful for it. But I don't like, I don't want people to have to support me. I would rather be able to support myself, and I'd rather be able to support them. And so it's very humbling um, for people to, uh, to, uh, to be in a position where I have to rely on people uh, as much. But... I also realize how important it is. So we often think of prayer as being a linear experience, right? From me to God and God to me, from you to God and God to you. But it's not. You know, it's a triangle, right? It's from me to God, God to me, you to God, God to you. From you to me, me to you, right? Because we come together and everybody else here too, right? All of us, we're all here in this room together. Look around, it's not just even... This, we all form that triangle between each other, and not just with me, with each other, too, right? And so it, it's that expression of love God and love each other, right? And so we come together as a people before God, and we get on our knees, and we submit ourselves to God, and together in common cause, we approach God. And so it's this, right? So it's not a linear thing at all. It's not just a personal thing, right? It's a, it's a community thing that we do, and that's prayer, where two or three to gather it in my name, so I will be also, and so it's this together. And so don't underestimate the power of prayer between us and God and between one another either. So last kind of big question, but, um, and, and maybe we'll pick it, pick it apart a little bit more, but, um, you know, you talk about this being your platform, and you've done that, I mean, and, and, and to make God the hero. And uh, so, you know, everybody out there, they might have different stories. You know, we all have different platforms, right? So tell us about, you know, if you just had one piece of advice for the person that really wants to live life well, um, regardless of what they're going through today, um, how do we use that platform? How do we really seize purpose? I know that that's a big part of one, one big speaking point for you is wanting people to grab hold of their purpose. So, um, so how do we do that? So, first of all, people worry about, uh, people worry about, you know, how do I live out purpose? And sometimes they, they, they get caught up in, well, I, how many people will, will I impact? Um, you know, can I really, who am I to live out, you know, purpose on behalf of God? And so, Basically, what they're worried about is the scope of things. 
of things. And, uh, and they say, you know, well, if I'm not impacting thousands or, or, or hundreds or tens of thousands or whatever it is, then, then I'm not living out purpose and, and I should be doing something better or I'm not good enough or whatever. You know, don't ever worry about scope. Scope is one of the things that God decides. God gives you your scopes. Remember the parable of the talents? To one who gave five talents, to one who gave three, and to one who gave one. Well, we didn't decide that on ourselves. We didn't decide whether we were five or three or one, right? He just gave that to us. Don't worry about that part. By the way, if you do well, the story ends, and he, then he gave you more, right? Um, so that's what happens to the faithful servant. So don't worry about that. God will bring people into our lives. God will bring people into your life. God will decide what your scope is, right? Scope you don't have to worry about. What you do with the scope, that's what your, what your part is, right? And so the first part is, is don't worry about scope, live out your purpose, do a good job with it. Secondly, um, in the United States, we're very materialistic. We're very, we're very focused on, on uh, you know, we're very safe here, right, as a country. And so we're always pursuing this notion of safety, um, you know. Um, so try this one on for size, team. I was born to be safe. Say those words to me right now. Say it to me. <laughs> Makes you feel creepy, doesn't it? You know, I was born to be comfortable. I was born to be comfortable. <laughs> I was born to consume. I was born to consume. Are those things true? No, of course not. You know, I was not born to be safe. And I'm not safe, right? You were not born to be safe either, right? And if you're Pursuing safety at the expense of purpose, you're going down the wrong path, right? In fact, if you're too safe, you probably need to try harder, right? You're born for battle, right? Not battle against people, battle for people, right? Battle in submission to God, right? Battle, battle to glorify and magnify God, right? So if you're feeling too safe, then work on that, right? If you think you're born to... If, if, if you're consuming instead of producing, you probably need to rethink that. You know, what am I doing to be productive in, in God's kingdom? Um, and, uh, you know, what's the greatest commandment? Love God. What's the second greatest commandment? Love each other. What's my purpose? You know, if you're pursuing those two things, you're probably getting it pretty close to right, right? Because if those are the two greatest, those are good things to, to pursue. So use the circumstances that God gives you, whether you have cancer, right, or whether you're extremely wealthy and feeling comfortable, right, then use that wealth to help others, right? But whatever it is, bring the battle to the enemy because that's what you're designed for. You know, people always complain about what's going on in the world, right? I can't believe we're in this world. I can't believe what those people are doing, right? I'll tell you the same thing I tell my kids. I don't care what those people are doing, right? I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you, right? What are you doing, right? Um, so how's your prayer life? How's your, how's, how are you doing with studying the Bible? What are you doing to go out to minister to others? You know, you don't have to necessarily evangelize to others. One, one way to pray for somebody is to pray for them with your hands, right? Go out and do something for them, right? Um, one way to pray for somebody is to pray with your feet, you know, go out and do something. Um, so make your prayer purposeful and productive as, as well. So certainly there's a relationship with God, but there's also the actual productivity of uh, of what of what you're doing and so 
you know, don't worry what, about what other people are doing. Worry about what you're doing, because if you do what you ought to be doing, we'll change the world. So if everybody here says, I'm not going to be safe anymore, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to take the battle to the enemy. I'm going to make a difference. This one church can impact this community. All of us as Christians together, we can impact the world. We'll change the world. Don't worry about what they're doing. I don't care what they're doing. I care about what you're doing. Yeah, amen. I, I think we can land the plane right there, and we can go to a commercial break. All right. <laughs> um, so good. Well, I want to, I mean, this, we could carry this conversation on for sure, um, but we're going to close out on that note, and I want to challenge you guys. I mean, there's a lot, uh, lot to think about here, and um, I, I can't remember if I told you this privately or in first hour or if I've already said it here, but one of the things you've done for, well, I, I said earlier, like you plant those seeds that, um, and that's, that's all any of us can do is just plant those seeds of encouragement, um, but uh, may those seeds be that, you know, have been planted today be fruitful. May the Holy Spirit uh, stir those things up, cultivate those things, and then go. I mean, I think that, you know, all of us should walk out of here really asking, okay, what does this mean for me? You know, not just one day or, or, or somewhere, somehow, but right here and now. And, uh, you know, one of the things you specifically said first hour that I liked is, you know, you, as you just said that, you're looking at every individual. What about you? What's your platform? Uh, but you're also calling us as a church uh, to be that, uh, to be those that are doing those things that aren't about consumption, but about production for the kingdom, that, that are actually living with purpose. And that's one of the things I've loved about our church is that um, I see that. And, and I know that you see that potential. You know, you spoke that into me just a little bit earlier. I, you see that in the folks around this room. And, uh, and if only more of us could grab hold of that purpose, grab hold of that platform. Um, and so that's our hope. That's really what, uh, what our desire, what God's desire is for you, is to, regardless of the season, uh, really believe more about what you can accomplish because it's not just about you. It's, it's, it's God that's accomplishing those things. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Well, let's pray, and then we'll just conclude uh, following that, and we'd love to just hang out and have conversations with anybody who wants to have conversations, or if there's somebody that wants prayer or somebody that feels like God's kind of, you know, probing something right now, we'd love to continue to uh, just challenge you on those things. But may we go um, and live with purpose. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for just the encouragement um, of Jonathan and uh, the things that he has uh, just spoken today as we've had this conversation. And thank you for how he's used his story um, as his platform. And all of us have to do the same thing. God. We have to see your, our, and rather than saying, um, you know, see our, our place or, or your place in our story, God, we have to turn that upside down. We have to see um, we have to find our place in your greater story, God. And so we just want to join you in the things that you're already doing uh, in us and around us. We want to live with purpose. Uh, we don't want to pursue safety. We don't want to pursue comfort. We don't want to pursue control. Um, there's, there's really no such thing as those things, God. It's really all an illusion anyway. So help us uh, to chase what actually matters. Help us to chase after you wholeheartedly, God, uh, as you lead us into greater purpose as you help us to tap our true potential. Um, help us to, to overcome those doubts and those things that hold us back, God, and help us uh, to live uh, the lives that you've called for your greater glory. We, we pray this 